This is Adam Gorney with the Respect My Decision podcast this week with a special guest from AuburnSports.com, uh, Brian Matthews, who's definitely involved in a very interesting coaching situation and season. And and guys are coming off the board left and right here. And I mean that five power five jobs already open midseason. It seems like that's the new trend is to just, if you're going to do it at the end of the season, just do it now. Um, Brian, where do you kind of see it sitting right now? What In town, what's kind of the feeling on his job status, security or insecurity heading into this week? I think the feeling is one more big loss, and that's probably the end for him. And that is probably or, or could come this weekend at Georgia, you know, the number two team in the country. You look at how they played against Missouri. You listen to Kirby afterwards. He was pretty upset about the way they played. So not only are they coming again uh, into that game at home against their biggest rival, but they've also got something to prove too. So that could be a difficult matchup for Auburn. Let's let's start from the beginning here because it never seemed like, and I don't want to say he wasn't welcomed into town, but it certainly wasn't a you know a long, hearty thank you for coming here. <laughs> um, right, right. How did that kind of all transpire, and why so early did this become sort of sort of a bitter relationship? I guess it kind of started um, his first season. You know, they lost five consecutive games to end it. Yeah. Uh, he had a lot of disruption in his coaching staff. You know, he let uh, Corn Williams go uh, early on and replaced him with one of his guys. You know, that sent up some red flags. He had a lot of turnover uh, on that coaching staff. I think uh, five or six full-time assistants have come and gone uh, since he was hired. Um, and then recruiting. Auburn yeah. finished last season 71st in the country in recruiting. Now, they did a great job over the last month or so to go from 71st to up into the top 20. A lot of that was Zach Etheridge. A lot of that was uh, getting great players in the secondary, like uh, J.D. Rim and, uh, and Osbury from over in Louisiana. And I think LSU's uh, problems you know, definitely helped Auburn there. Um, but then you go to the late signing period. Auburn goes over six on the top guys there and doesn't sign anybody. Yeah. Uh, then you flip over to January. They hold their first supposedly big uh, junior date. It was just a total um, disaster. Uh, they only got like, I think it was 10 or 12 kids there and, um, you know, not, not a bunch of high profile guys. And then, uh, then you go to February in the investigation and, yeah. um, you know, as a university led investigation. Um, but I think it's been looked upon uh, from the outside and uh, framed as, as sort of like um Auburn's boosters on a witch hunt trying to get rid of him. And I think at some point in time that that was a part of it in certain circles, not all of them, but some of them. Uh, but also I think and lost in all that is that, um, you know, there's an allegation made against him and that was investigated. So I think all that really led up to him being on the hottest of hot seats just going into this year. Yeah. And, and, and that's the interesting part before we talk about the investigation slash coup, however you want to sort of describe it. Right. Um, is, you hire a coach to kind of run the program the way he wants to do it, put his own mark on it. And I, and I understand there were certainly hiccups there, but this isn't the guy that, you know, was a, was a failure other places. I mean, there, there have been schools that have hired guys with losing records to come in and try to turn things around. You know, he had five, 10 win seasons at Boise state. And I understand yep. that it's Boise state, but how, how did, it seemed like Auburn hired him to come in and run things the way Auburn wanted it to be done instead of the way he wanted it to be done. And, and I understand there were some mistakes along the way. Do you think that's fair to say, or do you think that's completely unfair? And he's sort of not been what they expected. I think it's fair of both sides because, yeah. um, you know, I think he definitely is a coach that has his way of doing things and certainly recruiting. It's Kirby smart. Nick Saban or not, not what he's, what he's a part of. He's, that's just not him. Yeah. 
and and I think that's what Auburn needs. But uh, the other thing I think that really hurt him among the Auburn faithful is he just did not connect, right? Uh, I could watch him at basketball games. Um, he would show up, get his picture taken, get a video taken, uh, and leave. Yeah. And I'm not the only one noticing that, right? I mean, that's obvious to people what's going on. Yeah. You know, he never really um, – him and his family never really meshed themselves in the, in the, in the community, and I, I just don't think he ever garnered support. I've never seen a, a head coach at Auburn with this less support at this point in his tenure. Just there's nobody in his corner. Of course, his uh, the guy that hired him, Alan Green, was let go or, you know, let his contract expire, however you want to uh, look at it, um, uh, a couple of weeks before the season started. So that was really the last guy in his corner. And, and yeah. you know, now he's just sort of a dead man walking. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then the investigation, um, like you said, university led. Certainly, uh, if I'm Brian Harson, I'm not thrilled that that's going on. Right. Um, well, he's on vacation, by the way. Right, right, right. Sort of, you know, he's out of town. Let's get rid of him and, and keep him away. And I remember, I think he was out of the country, if, if he I was. remember correctly. He was. He's um, out of the beach. I think he's in Mexico somewhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Can, can, you, can you blame him from his side saying, you know, kind of screw this. If, if they don't want me here, then I don't need to be here, you know? No, I do not blame him. And I think yeah. that's kind of the attitude he's had since then in many ways. I'm not saying that's that's a fact, but I'm just saying that you get that sort of feeling, right? Uh, no, I, I just think he is uh, a man that believes in his uh, way of doing things. I, I think he's very, very um, self-centered in that respect. Um, and, uh, you know, that was definitely assault. He felt like that was assault on himself. Uh, the way he, you know, his, the way he wants to run a football program and on his family, because a lot of the um, allegations also include a bunch of rumors about a, a staff member uh, yeah. that I don't believe were ever true. So, um I think that made it even worse as far as the way he viewed it. Talk about being ingratiated into that community, SEC community, especially. I think that's, I think that's important. It's important everywhere, but especially in the South and especially when Bruce Pearl is, you know, taking his shirt off and pounding his chest and doing all the fun stuff. And, yeah. and, and maybe Brian Hartson is just not that guy, but you almost have to, you almost have to politic that way, right. To, to be beloved by the, by the community. I think you do. And I think Albert's had some coaches that can do that and some that don't. And the ones that don't, um, don't last as long as maybe they should based on the record. Uh, Tuberville um, was one of those guys. Yeah. And he had a couple of, you know, he had two or three times during his uh, tenure here. Uh, you know, 2003, of course, stands out the most. You know, Auburn's um, administration at the time got caught on a plane, uh, you know, in Louisville. I think it was Louisville, try, you know, talking to another coach to come replace him yeah. uh, the week before the Iron Bowl. Right. That's how close he got, but he was a, a politician at heart, and he had a ton of support among the fan base. And people, you know, lost their freaking minds when they found out about that, right? And the AD ended up getting fired, and uh, Tuberville gets the contract. Uh, they beat Bama and in, in, in that Iron Bowl, Cardell, the first play of the game, if you'll remember, uh, has an 80-yard touchdown run. Yeah. And then the next year, they win the SEC championship and, and were undefeated and, and probably should have had a chance to play for the national championship. So uh, that's what a coach that garners support and um, – you know, is dialed in the community. Uh, that's what he can do at Auburn, right? Even if the big wigs don't like him. Uh, yeah. But Harson has been unable to do that uh, at all. Yeah. Is there a little bit at Auburn, and and you would know this far better than I would being there, that Auburn can't get out of its own way? Like, you know, like, the, you know, they didn't have to hire Brian Harson. If they knew he wasn't going to be sort of an affable guy that was friendly yeah. in the community, they didn't have to do this. And 
you know, the, the Malzahn stuff that we can go over and the Chiswick stuff or whatever else. Is there some of that going on here too, maybe? I would not say there's a little bit of Auburn can't get out of its own way. I think there's, there's a lot. And it's especially true in the football program, right? Because even with the dysfunction at Auburn, you hire a guy like Bruce Pearl and the basketball program is better than it's ever been. Yeah. You hire a guy like Butch Thompson in baseball, which I know is not, you know, not a national thing, but Auburn's been to two college world series, right? I mean, it's as good as it's been basically for the most part. So you get the right guy in place and that, that all changes. Right. And, um, yeah, there was a ton of dysfunction. The whole coaching search going back to it, you had different factions of the BOT going after different guys. You know, some of the major guys wanted to install Kevin Steele and, and Rodney Garner uh, yeah. to replace Gus Malzahn. That information got out. There was a pushback on that. Uh, they panicked. Alan Greed said, the hell with this. I'm going to go get this guy that I met at a, at a pool party at a convention somewhere, that, which is basically the first time you met him in a pool. So that's that's how it went down. And um you know, in, in the end, it didn't work out for Auburn because Brian Harson is just unable to recruit the way Auburn needs to recruit. In my opinion, uh, I've been covering this school for 22 years. This program is worse off two years later after he was hired as far as personnel, as far as, you know, the stability of the program, all that. The new guy has even a bigger job than Brian Harson did when he was hired. Yeah, I've been in a lot of pools with a lot of guys talking and stuff, but I, I'm not going to hire them for anything. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to be around them 10 minutes later. <laughs> um, and, and let's talk recruiting. And and that's kind of the important part here is, you know, coaches love to think that they're the genius play callers and stuff. But if you mm. don't have the fastest guys and the length yep. off the edge and all those kinds of things and the guys that are going to hit and the, the guys yep. that are going to play through injuries and stuff, you're not going to win, especially in the SEC. And, and even if we're talking post-Harson here, it's not really set up well. I mean, they didn't recruit well last year. They're 12th in the conference this year, the fewest commits among any team in the conference. Does this, does this mean portal? Does this mean Juco for the, for if there's a new guy coming in or, or can there be a hire? you know, like, like we've talked about some names, maybe Hugh freeze, maybe Jeff Grimes. There are definitely some names that have been thrown out there in terms of ideas um, that can kind of spark something. And, and, we all know that it's going to be tough to recruit in state um, against Alabama as well. Yeah. And I'll throw out some numbers for you uh, that just are incredible. You mentioned some of them, but 51st in the country in recruiting right now. Uh, they brought in 27 official visitors, freshmen. They brought in some transfers too, but 27 um, high school, uh, not, I'm not freshmen, excuse me, high school juniors going to be seniors. Yep. Uh, 2023 prospects, let's put it that way. Uh, and for official visits in May and June, they got a commitment from one of them, one yep. of 27. To me, that's just I, – I can't believe that actually happened, right? I, I sat here and watched it happen. I, I interviewed a lot of those guys. I, I, you know, I covered that process, and it was just a total whiff, right? And then you look at the state of Alabama, which is um, arguably as good as it's been in this, in this 23 class. Auburn's got three of the top 30. Yeah, That's unacceptable, right? Auburn is, is used to, you know, at the very best, splitting the state with Alabama, right? Sure. You know, in their best years, they might get – 10 or 12 of the top guys. But what's happening now, what's killing them is Clemson, Georgia, LSU, Florida, Arkansas, Kentucky. All these schools are coming into the state and beating Auburn for prospects, Yeah. right? Or what will happen is Auburn's got these 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 uh, top guys that they think they're going to get, right? And they have no chance of getting. They miss on them. It's too late for these other guys that are committed to Kentucky, Arkansas, whatever. And then they try to go back on them, and they're still like, no, thank you. Yeah. So yeah. Auburn is in a really tough, tough position uh, recruiting wise right now. But I, I, and, the, and 
you talked about, I think a little bit about the new guy gets that sort of, uh, Hey, come on over. We got a brand new program, right? That never happened for Harson. I do think with the right hire, it could happen again. That could be a help. And I do think Auburn's going to have to hit up junior college, have to hit up portal as hard as possible, which is tough because you bring a new staff in right away. It's hard to make the Porter priority. And it, and if you don't offer a, a top kid that day, you're out of it in, in many yeah. ways with the portal thing. So that's going to be interesting to watch to see how Auburn can, can work that. The other thing is the time, the time frame. Auburn has an interim AD right now, uh, Rich McGlynn. I, I think he is going to make the decision on, on when to terminate uh, Brian Harson's contract. I think then they're going to hire a new AD. Uh, the leading candidate is um, uh, John Hartwell from Utah State. Mm-hmm. He has connections to Auburn, grew up in Auburn family, uh, was an AD at Troy, uh, which is just down the road from Auburn. And then that's when the coaching search is really taking place. Now, that's not yeah. to say that Auburn's boosters who are known to be involved in things aren't already out there, you know, talking and, and doing things. I think that's fairly normal to other schools, too. But Auburn is certainly in the in the spotlight there. But um, you mentioned you Freeze and Jeff Grimes. I think they're going to be two of the top candidates there. You uh, at Ole Miss proved that he could compete for top five-star type prospects. I know he got in trouble for that, right? But those that era is over, right? We're in a new era where you can yeah. do that legally in, in many respects. So at least he's a guy like Carson who understands the importance of going after these top guys and winning recruiting battles for these top guys. And he did it at Ole Miss. That tells me a lot. I don't care how much he had to uh, yeah. do underhanded uh, about it. And then Jeff Grimes, uh, a guy who uh, won a national championship at Auburn as offensive line coach. I have to go back and look, but I know I'm, when I write about it, I know I'm going to go back and look, but he signed a great offensive line class. I don't remember if it was mm-hmm. 2009 or exactly when it was, but it was one of the best Auburn's had in the last uh, you know, decade or, or so. And then, of course, he's been a, a offensive coordinator at two Power Five schools and been successful. So, uh, those are a couple of guys I think, but I, I would not be surprised to see it expand uh, much farther than that as we move, move forward. Last question, and this is prediction time: Does Brian Harson make it to Lane Kiffin handshake pregame in two weeks, or is is Georgia just going to smash him and they're just going to have enough? My prediction is it ends this Sunday, but I think yeah. uh, I think JG, as a matter of fact, JG Tate, our, our publisher, believes that it'll go into the Ole Miss game because the next week is an off week. So it makes sense to do it then. My take on that is, okay, let's say they get blown out by Georgia. What if they then go to Ole Miss and pull an upset, right? Then you're stuck (laughs) with a, right? You you can't do it after you you beat a top 10 team on the road, can you? So, I mean, I know that's probably not likely the way Auburn's playing right now, but so we'll see. I I think it'll it'll be interesting to watch what happens this Saturday. And then if they do indeed lose or lose by a large margin, what happens on Sunday? All right, Brian, that's it. Uh, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. This is Adam Gorney for the Respect My Decision podcast. Appreciate it.